Hi there, I'm Richard Abrahams, and welcome to Elmhurst's Love Your Home podcast. In each episode, we'll be talking to some real characters and individuals from the business community in Leeds, talking about what they love about their homes and talking about their businesses and the challenges that they face on a day-to-day basis. Hello, welcome to another edition of Elmhurst's Love Your Home podcast. And with me today is a great friend of mine, Ben Jacobs. Hi, Ben. Hello, Richard. How are you? I'm fine. Can I wish you a Happy New Year and Chag Sameach? And to you too. And to you too. It's going to take a bit of getting used to with this this headphone and uh, microphone here. I feel like I've uh, just landed at Malaga. Yeah, you do You do look like a Jet 2 pilot. But anyway. Cabin cream seats for landing. <laughs> You're as mad as me. Ben, love your home. What what do you love about your home, Ben? What do I love about my home? Um, if I'm being honest, um, my home is still my office. So for me, I never stop. So if anything, I love to be able to dart from the dining table to the sofa, to the bed, to watch TV, to do my emails. But um, my bath, kitchen, I just, it's my space, my safe space. I enjoy it, but I don't spend enough time there. So was it after COVID that um, you sort of made a decision that your office is going to be your home? Sorry, your home's going to be your office. Or has it always been like that? Well, I made a, a significant investment um, into a um, a black toy poodle, mm. which sort of happened to change the odd thing. So although I flutter between the offices, I do spend a lot of time working from my home office. And what's the doggy called? The doggy is called Harry. Yeah, I've seen you with Harry. He's very cute. What's Harry brought to your life? They're very time-consuming dogs. Whatever anyone says, they're very time-consuming. We've just got him uh, toilet trained, which is great. He's now got a habit of waking up very early, which happens each day. So we have to get up and uh, we've got a set routine. But they're good. They know when you're having a good day. They know when you're having a bad day. They cheer you up. Having... Never had a dog before until COVID, uh, never being an animal lover and probably being a bit scared of dogs. We got a dog during the lockdown and Mabel, she is, she is, we're just inseparable. And it's amazing what this dog has brought to our house uh, and to my, I would say, security. Do you feel the same? You've got to, you feel that they get you out of the house. They get, you know, at the end of the day, if they need a, they need the toilet or they need this or they need that, you get that fresh air element that's needed. Um, and they are, they, they turn into your best pals. They turn into your best pals. You spend so much of the day with them and they don't ask for much, I find. And it is amazing when you've had a bit of a tough day and you come in and the dog's there. It, it, it definitely is a, a therapy dog. Mm-hmm. Well, there was only so many times I could have I could have you round after work and stroke your arm instead of the dog, wasn't there? So. <laughs> now, Ben, your LinkedIn profile uh, said that um, you went to the University of Life. I did. What What does that mean? It's a very challenging course. Um, it means that after um, being asked to leave one school and then going to another, um, and a similar experience to that, I, I embarked on the University of Life, i.e. Um, a job at my local estate agency doing viewings. And how was that? Um, 
it was challenging being on 12 grand a year plus nominal commission. I think my, my achievements were about 14 and a half. So that was quite a challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, it taught me when I had next to no confidence coming out of school with no A levels, um, that I was good at something. Your passion is homes and houses. Obviously, apart from the the job that you've just mentioned, how did you fall into that business? I've always bought and sold. I've always um, that's all that's interested me really. So I remember being sort of fourteen, fifteen. Um, mobile phones, recycling them, um, offering cash for, for phones. It was one of those concepts to start with that, um, you know, we'd post out a mailbox and they'd post the phone back to us. Um, and then at the age of sort of 15, I started buying and selling number plates. So I'd built up some sort of deposit to put down on my first property. Obviously, you have to be 18 to get a mortgage, which I put my first one sort of three weeks into the age of being 18. Um and then followed by that, obviously the market crashed. But prior to that, I ended up getting a few on hundred uh, percent mortgages, which was a challenge to keep up to the payments. But I did, um, and I suppose after working in property, it's all I wanted to do. So when the market tipped in oh seven oh eight, um, we'd arrange for um, big developers building blocks of flats. Um, basically we'd sign a deal on taking, let's say 25 flats in a block. And then what we do is piecemeal them off to individual investors said that they could obtain a good portion of that discount. Um, and that's how I it, founded the high street letting agency. Really? That's how we built up the, uh, landlord portfolio and managed stock. Tell me, um, about stone acres. Uh, so was that the natural progression into stone acres or where did that start or where did the brand basically come from? I was at a, um, a high street agency and one day, no idea whatsoever, very impulsive, um, decided to um, ring my local area manager, ask for a meeting, and that afternoon handed my notice in um, for reasons I never knew at the time. I just, it felt the right thing to do. Um, I then started doing lettings from home and... Um, started obtaining landlords, um, doing lettings, basically solely lettings. Um, and today we've got three offices, uh, mortgage and financial department, block management department, land and developments, and uh, a team of 35 who are absolutely brilliant. And we're continuing to grow, um, which with my business partner, James, who I couldn't do any of it without, um, James James sort of came along, um, I would say, within the last five years. And um, I was at the stage where the business had just grown beyond what I could manage within my capabilities on my own. So with James coming in um, and sort of, you know, jointly taking the reins, it's given me that opportunity to grow, do other things um, and you know, ultimately do what I'm good at, which is working with clients, expanding portfolios and how can I put it, making making others money in essence. Stoneacres is a brand. It's a Leeds brand. It's a growing brand. Knowing from a personal experience with Elmhurst, we've had that business for 50 years and reputation is everything. 
um, how important to you is a brand? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm 15 years in, and obviously, you know, I'm very I'm very protective of of the brand um, as I always have been. But I suppose you know, it's it's you've got to look at with with a company that grows, and ultimately, when you're dealing with um, however many lets we're doing, um, you know, be it if if it was five six hundred a year, it could be. Um, you're going to, unfortunately, when you're dealing with landlords and tenants on each side, there are going to be a few upsets. Um, it's how you resolve them. It's trying your level best to resolve them. Um, but for me, I, you know, rather than the 99% who we do appease and who are delighted with what we offer, um, I do tend to focus on the 1% and how it can be made right, which I don't know. I take it to heart. You know, if, if, if someone I know, um, obviously, um, decides for whatever reason not to give us the house to sell and goes elsewhere. I do. I take it personally. Um, but, you know, I am aware that as time has gone on, it's now not Ben on his own. It's now, um, like you've said, a brand. So people call in Stoneacre rather than Ben. So to a degree, as we have sort of never wanted to be a corporate, but as we've made it sort of, how could I put it, more of a corporate style entity, um, we do get more and more business via the brand name than myself. Yeah, and I think the importance of protecting a brand is so important. Uh, again, from personal experience, there are customers that sometimes things go wrong with and you have to sort them out. We're all looking for those um, bad Google reviews and hope you don't see them. Mm. Uh, and, and we're there to protect the brand. And, and, and I think in a small business, that that's very important. Yeah. So talking of the housing market, Ben, in general, obviously we see the economy that's, uh, um, well, potentially struggling. Uh, things are up in the air. What, what are the challenges you would see now for first-time buyers? How can I put it? Um, I'm not your typical smarmy agent who's going to come out and say, you know, the market's this, the market's that, everything's positive when it isn't. Um, you know, at the end of the day, the way I look at it is um, we've had a very bizarre last few years in terms of, you know, the government dishing out money left, right and centre in terms of, you know, as being on lockdown, businesses closed and, and, and loans being given out in order to kind of sustain um momentum really and I, I just don't think any of that with it not being natural was always going to come to a head and I think that you know we all open our app see BBC News and see what what crops up every day and you know interest rates uh, seem to be shooting up um, we are lucky in the how can I put it in the UK and especially you know big cities London Manchester Leeds property is still a solid investment in my view and we will have ups we will have downs um you can, it's 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 always so hard to be able to predict a market you know when when to buy on on um a down and sell on an up people you know at the end of the day if somebody needs a house um or a home and they have the option of renting or buying i would always suggest buying if you know it's just it's getting hold of that deposit getting a mortgage and, and ultimately with, with these increasing costs now with, with gas, electricity, everything going up, it's just making it so hard for, for individuals to be able to get on that ladder now. You know, a mortgage is another expense. Yeah, I mean, talking of uh, these 
energy costs, uh, what we're finding, and that's why we rebranded to to something called Love Your Home, because ultimately we have found that from lockdown, people are spending so much time in their homes, investing in their homes, in home improvements, wanting to make their homes better, um, and insulating them, making them more energy efficient. Um, as you're going around, Ben, can you see more of that? Look, especially during... Um you know, lockdown and after that period for the for the next sort of year or so, you know, bluntly that there was um, a huge increase in property prices and people paying over the odds. And that was simply because there wasn't any properties on the market. There was a total lack of stock available. So, of course, what do people do? Well, they enhance their own homes. They spent money, um, you know, on their own properties, extending and, and whatever else, which, um, of course, we, you know, we, we are seeing that now. Um, you know, we can only hope that, this new government implement tactics that that will you know for me we are going to see a nominal drop that that's that's for me a given um it's how well they can protect it in terms of um you know that word recession and crash and whatever else i don't think that needs to happen i think it can be prevented i think the media are dreadful with regards to uh scaremongering but I think that, you know, if it's handled right and and how can I put it with plate gloves by the government, it can be minimized in terms of the repercussions that it's going to have on everyone, the property market. And I, I just think all markets in general. Let's change subjects from houses to mental health. Oh, you didn't want to talk about flats? <laughs> <laughs> No, we're all a bit mental, aren't we? We're all, yeah. I mean, look, everybody, everybody's uh, different in their own little weird way, aren't they? I mean, you know, you're not, are you? you there's, <laughs> there's, there's nothing wrong with you. Being an advocate for men's mental health in particular, um, I see that you also help with sufferers of ADHD. Um, first of all, could you explain what that is? ADHD is is more than simply um, just hyperactivity, which is 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 what um, I've kind of been trying to raise awareness around. Um, and for me, um, I had a horrendous time in school. Um, I, well, I was, I say, I am dyspraxic, which was um, all I was diagnosed with at the time. Um, but you know, for me, that um, being diagnosed with um, ADHD by a really, um, who's now a good friend of mine, uh, Dr. Robert Baskind, who you'll probably know of, um, who's inspirational to me. Um, you know, it, it explained and it changed a lot of things. And to me, it's kind of raising awareness. I, I don't believe with um, youngsters in school, I, d I don't believe in uh, naughtiness and bad children. I think there's always an underlying issue. Um, and to me, my, mine was just this, this severe raging ADHD, which I couldn't understand, but... I couldn't sit still. I couldn't focus. I couldn't. I couldn't learn what was being written on the board. I couldn't. It was all too quick for me. You know, in PE, I'd be the one that that didn't have my PE kit, or if if I happened to have it, it would be wet from the last time I'd used it, or I'd be wearing someone else's lost property. You'd be losing things. You wouldn't be knowing where you're going. Which, you know, as an adult, um, you know, having built a business. Um, you know, there are days I wake up now, you know, from those days at school, which, you know, is embedded in me in that, you know, you're never going to achieve, you're never going to get anything, you're never going to get anywhere. 
And I suppose, you know, fast forward however many years from those school days without a uni degree or A-levels, um, it, it, it's, still, it's still quite prominent in terms of that underlying am I worth it feeling. You know, even with, you know, a business turning over the best part of £2 million, a great team, um, you know, enhancing property portfolios for people, you know, on the rich list or whatever else, asking for my advice, it does always follow through in that, you know, how have I done it? Has it been luck? Has it been this? Has it been that? And that low self-esteem that traveled through school. And, you know, we talked earlier about where I was going to go and I went into uh, work at, you know, a high street agency. If I hadn't found something I was good at, where would I be today? And, you know, that that to me is what, you know, it's it's what nightmares are made of, you know, thinking the what could have been. Um, and if I can help anyone, you know, as a kid, kind of understand that there's something, you know, it's, it, it's a difference, but it can be, you know, you'll always have it, but it can, you, you can, with assistance, with help, you know, for me, I have a great assistant now who helps me each and every day, which is brilliant. You know, I've uh, a partner, Rachel, who's brilliant with me. Um, and yes, it's it's hard work and I'll always have the struggles, but um, I've learned to embrace them rather than challenge them. So it's just a part of me. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you, uh, what challenges do you face running a business with ADHD? But I think you've covered it with the regard to the support that you've got. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's I've always got to keep a grounding on my impulses in terms of, you know, I, I want to do everything instantly. You know, um, James would turn around and say to me, well, he has done before. Should we open another branch? I'd be like, yep, let's do it. Right, I bought the building. Let's open up. Let, let's recruit. And it's kind of like, look, we only discussed it casually over lunch an hour ago. <laughs> but I think that with the way I am in terms of um, impulsivities and looking at things differently and the way he is in terms of, that element of cautiousness and um, I won't say pragmatism, but it, you know, it has a very um, neurotypical way of looking at things um, with, you know, with, with common sense. I think that with the two of us merged um, is why within the last few years, we've achieved the growth within the business that we have done because, you know, we were, we were best mates prior to him joining the company. So when, you're lucky enough to work with your best friend who understands you, who also happens to own a share of your business, who we both want the best for each other. Um, it's quite a nice, safe place to be working in. And, you know, even even side projects um, that I do, uh, property developments, doing one in Harrogate at the minute, a big development, um, I'll include James in on them um, purely and simply because, you know, to have his... Um, the way his brain is and how clever he is to have that intelligence kind of incorporated into my projects is a no-brainer. Um, I'm lucky to have him on board. Do you think, uh, Ben, you have a good, is that the word, work-life balance? No, I don't think I have any work-life balance. I think my life is um, work. It's, you know, it's my drug, it's my passion, it's my hobby. Um, which, you know, with ADHD, you know, you, you can become addicted to things. You can become obsessed with things. So, you know, to me, it's probably the healthiest addiction or obsession that I could find. Um, I enjoy it. You know, I'm working now. I'm having a chat with you. I'm, I'm quite lucky in that, you know, I can be sat here 
um, you know, my nice jeans and a t-shirt with a coffee, having a chat with a friend. Um, and that's work. So I, I don't think anybody who has their own business can have a work-life balance. You know, with, with modern technology now, with mobile phones, with laptops, with emails, people expect you to be there all the time. And if you're not, they'll go to someone else. So to, to have a business, you know, my my, um, my partner Rachel has a business. We both understand each other in that we will, a lot of our personal time will still be taken up by work-related projects. And how can I put it? It, it? It's a part of me now as it is you. I know, I know with you, you never stop. Yeah, well, I've seen your tennis, so you probably haven't really got any hobbies, have you? Not really, no. <laughs> Not really. You should see me at dog walking. I'm much better at that. <laughs> so a silly question to ask someone with ADHD is, how do you relax? But, uh, but I know you take the dog out walking. Yeah, do you know what? And 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 that's a, a real a real kind of uh, point that is a difficult one, I suppose. You know, it, the, the whole point is my, my head doesn't switch off. So, you know, when, when you look at me on holiday, um, you know, everyone else is there with a Solero in the hand and a drink in the other lying back on the sunbed. And I'm there, you know, walking around the shallow end of the adult pool with my phone doing emails. I am relaxed. I am I'm calm. I'm relaxed. I'm 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 working, but it's when I stop, then I'm not relaxed. So yeah, you know, I've learned skills in terms of, you know, meditation and things like that. But the top and bottom of it is it's getting yourself to do it. So it, yeah. it's, do you ever sleep? I struggle to sleep. I struggle to sleep. So um I probably get three hours. Mm. Um That's good. <laughs> yeah. Um but you know, it, I'll always be awake. I'll, it'll be very light sleep. But um, I was going to say it's kind of it's kind of being rigid, especially when you you know when you've got a partner. And I know you've got a family. You, you've got to have that. Be it relax or not relax, you, you've got to have that time. To, I won't say switch off because we're always thinking it, but to put the technology aside and have that time where you go on a date or you do an activity, or you have some actual conversation, because I suppose I'm getting older, the years go on. And, you know, do we really want to be spending our whole time with mobile phones and emails? Well, my my last question to you was actually, does your mobile phone drive you mad? Now, I know for a fact, and you've said it, running a business, that phone is constantly, it's, people are, bothering me from seven in the morning right through till nine at night and it's emails now I, I, I could sometimes throw that phone away um and when say i'm on a golf course and i switch the phone off it's so therapeutic can you switch your phone off i think with um modern businesses there's so much now that is driven from the website, the internet, and and social media. You know, if you just talk about it, you, you talk about it, it's not just a case of having a mobile phone, you know, Richard, should I text you? Should I message you? Should I WhatsApp you? Should I Facebook message you? Instagram message you? You know, should I uh, send you an email? Should I send you a voice message? Should I send you a voice note? Should I leave you an answer phone? Should I call mm. you? And if you're thinking about all these different ways that you can be contacted and you've got to check and keep up to date, it, it's... You know, especially with myself, with my own difficulties to kind of keep on top of all of that is difficult for anyone. And, you know, we we look around, well, 
this is my view solely, but you look around and people say, I'm anxious, I'm this, I'm that. Well, does that not just make you anxious talking about all those different platforms that you've got to check? It, it's not just a case of having a phone. The phone is the bridge to so many different platforms of interaction, which none of them are natural. You know, this face-to-face -face kind of, I can see you, you can see me. N none of that incorporates it. You know, FaceTime to a degree, Zoom, but really it, it's still technology-based. Um, there's so little face-to-face -face kind of interaction now, which for me is needed. It's part of, you know, a healthy lifestyle. Mm. I said uh, that was my last question, but actually there was a question I missed out. Hit me. Uh, and, and we'll try hit and wrap me, up me. on that basis. Is it a good one? Oh, it's, a, it's a fantastic Ooh, one. Oh, I can't wait. Um, ben, what would you recommend to someone that wants to start out in their own business? Um, what what challenges do they face? What would you recommend? Well, I built my business based on, um, you know, mine was probably fighting my own insecurities, you know, that um, I'll never achieve. Uh, I'm not as good as those that have. X, Y, Z, kind of fighting that and and being able to kind of prove to myself that I can do it. The problem is with that, when do you stop? When when have you achieved? When is enough enough? You know, is is so you buy 10 properties, you think, well, why haven't I got 20? If you get 20, why haven't I got 50? If you have three branches, you think, well, I should have five. So it's kind of that degree of, for me, what are you doing it for? Who are you doing it for? Do you enjoy what you're doing? Is it something you want to be doing it with? And realistically, is it healthy for the the longevity of your own life and that of your family? Um, and I think, you know, it's a careful balance, but a, a lot of business owners, you know, having a business is stressful. It's, it's beyond stressful. Um, you know, yes, there's rewards, but the headaches that come with it, the challenges, the... Uh, you know, you, you you can't just be, you know, a florist, an electrician, an estate agent. There's all the admin side that comes with it, all the tax, you know, elements. It's it's challenging. And people, unfortunately, from day dot, expect you to know what you're doing. Yeah, it was described for me as you're spinning so many plates. Mm. Because if you were in a corporate organisation as finance director or marketing director or whatever you were, you, you, you specialize and stay within that field. Of course. And when you're your own business, you are the HR director. Mm. I had challenges yesterday that completely threw me, and you've got to deal with them. So you've got to be on top form all the time. Sometimes you're not. So it is a challenge. Running yeah, I mean, you've got you look. You've got to be HR. You've got to be the finance manager. You've got you've got to know all about insurance. You've got to know about legislation. Mm. But the, the top and bottom of it is that people expect you to know all these things instantly. And, you know, heaven forbid an error is made on any of them, then people come down on you like a ton of bricks and say, well, as the business owner. So, you know, you question what advice would I give? Um, I think, you know, start small. And actually, you know, I'm enviable about a lot of these businesses where they genuinely are small and subcontract a lot. Um, you know, I know with I know with yours, you know, you've done very well to kind of to kind of sub a lot out, and I think that's great. You know, because the more you take on, mm. the more challenging, and it, ultimately the more risky it is. Um, but I think it's very hard. I think I, I, 
like with everything, like with buying a house, starting a business, I think 15 years ago it was so much easier. And I think everything now is, is so much more challenging. So, you know, it, it, I'd always push someone to kind of give it a go if they've got that entrepreneurial drive and if they want to do it. Um, but you've always got to have that awareness that it will take over your life whether you want it to or not. Ben, it's been a pleasure having you on board today. We're going to uh, start the descent shortly now into Malaga. Are we? What's the uh, weather like? Um, it's it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And uh, we've just got to uh, dim the cabin lights. You just want to go down that slide, don't you? You want to open <laughs> the door and jump down that slide. I'm just a frustrated pilot. Take your high heel shoes <laughs> off. Ben, thanks for coming on Elmhurst Love Your Home. Elmhurst FM. Uh, Elmhurst, yeah. yeah. Really appreciate it. And keep, no. w- keep well. Thank you for having me, sir. Lovely.